Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Ernst & Young, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Growing Greater Philadelphia. With us, WPHT and business radio host Dan Loney. Matt, great to see you again. Great to have you with us, Dan. Hey, you know, it's not unusual for folks to make assumptions and to develop these preconceived notions about everything from cities where we've never lived uh, to schools that we've never attended, businesses we have never worked with, and even people that we've never met. You are exactly right, Matt. And as you might expect, those assumptions, they are generally way off base. It's when we pull back that curtain, taking the time to get to know the school, the business, neighborhood, or person that really often brings about a surprise. And this week, we're going to bring you two stories that challenge first impressions to reveal exciting and inspirational work taking place right here in our region. DocuVault, a successful business operating right here out of southern New Jersey, it reaches across our 11-county neighborhood. With numerous warehouses and thousands upon thousands of stored documents, we see their trucks everywhere in Center City, in the Pennsylvania suburbs, and all across the Garden State. Keith DiMarino, he describes for us how his prolific company started from pretty humble beginnings. Well, we started in 2003 in Philadelphia, and we started out of a basement, actually, in New Jersey. And we got our first client, and we had a small warehouse. It was a former meat locker for uh, barbecue sauce, which is why I still don't eat barbecue sauce to this day. (laughs) And uh, we could store about 20,000 boxes in that location, and that was our first uh, building. So I, I want to learn a little bit more about that, but I also want to back up and uh, share with us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in that basement meat locker in 2003 with the barbecue smell all around you. Yeah. Uh, so take us back to uh, your youth, if you will. You're growing up in, um, I think, Gloucester County, New Jersey, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And tell us a little bit more about your history. Sure. I, um, I grew up in Woodbury, New Jersey. And I went to school, actually, out in Pennsylvania over at the Haverford School. And I used to commute on the train every day on the 30th Street Station on the R5 line. And I would go to Haverford, um, and I graduated back in 96. And I wanted to study entrepreneurship. I actually kind of got passionate about being an entrepreneur when I was in high school. And then I went to Wharton undergrad over at the University of Pennsylvania and studied there. Um, And my major was entrepreneurship. And at Wharton, at those days, there was only... I think seven of us studying entrepreneurship. Everybody else was finance, accounting, and marketing, and so forth. So um, so that's what I majored in, and my goal was to start a company. And when I was there, um, one of the places I worked was the Wharton SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Center. And the students could consult with other MBAs, and, uh, and we took on projects and learned things about different companies in the area, how to help them and, and give them advice and coach them through their situations. Um, I saw the industry when I was consulting and I thought it was interesting. And I said to myself, maybe when I graduate, I'll look into this and get into this model. And then fast forward, I graduated and um, I wanted to, uh, to learn more about the business. So I went west to Denver, Colorado, and I lived with my cousins who were from there. And I worked for a company called DocuVault. 
um, which was winning awards for the fastest growing um, in the country. And I worked alongside the owners and learned the business and decided to do a joint venture with them back in Philadelphia back in 2003. And now you're living your dream as an entrepreneur. I'm living the dream. You yeah. Bet. yeah. And uh, doing something right because, uh, you know, you've been around for coming up on 15 years now. Yes. Yeah. yeah 15 years uh, growing, growing quickly and, and learning still as, as we're going. So what took you out to Denver? I, I mean, other than your cousins, you know, you graduate from Penn. You're thinking about entrepreneurship. Uh, was it a, you know, let me go out and visit for a couple of weeks and see what happens and figure some things out? Or was it, um, you know, a more significant life-altering opportunity potentially? Well, I always loved the West. And uh, one summer between college, I lived in Vail, Colorado, which was, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I wanted to get back and, and just do that one more time before I, you know, settled back into the Philadelphia area. Um, but my main goal really was to learn the industry um, and to learn it from the best. Um, and they were just, uh, DocuVault was just really uh, doing a great job of records management and growing in this space. And, you know, I really, I almost didn't get that job. In fact, they said no to me three times. And I went back a fourth time and they look, the owner looks over his shoulder and says, why, why are you back here? What are you, what are you right. doing? Right. <laughs> so good for you for that persistence. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty important, I think. Um, you know, you have to really want to do something. So before you start to think that document storage is a mundane operation, you have to really appreciate that this experience of traversing one of the cavernous facilities at DocuVault, it's really one of the most interesting site tours we've ever done on Growing Greater Philadelphia. DocuVault is charged with keeping some of their clients' most sensitive information secure. And the DocuVault team took us on a tour of one of those facilities. All the other facilities that Keith has had in the past were existing warehouses that he made fit this industry. But this was built specifically for the records management industry. After passing through their seemingly Pentagon level of security, when you walk through their facility, you're struck by the sheer magnitude of the boxes. They're all neatly stored and organized, four stories high. You feel as though you're just a little speck of dust inside this massive, yet quiet, temperature-controlled facility that kind of seems more like a library than an active warehouse. When this facility is full, we will have 1.66 million boxes. So what happens to the documents they aren't keeping? Well, they go into the shredder. Everything from counterfeit money to sensitive documents. You know, it appears that DocuVault only has two sorts of documents that they deal with, the ones that they plan to keep securely forever. And the ones that, well, they end up here. The business of record storage and other kinds of storage, that got in your head, it sounds like, um, maybe at the Warden SBA program or somewhere else in your career, whether it's high school or college. And you actually pursued this out in Denver. That's one of the reasons you went out there, it sounds like. Yes. What do you think it was that kind of caught your eye about DocuVault in Denver? You know, the model is, is an interesting model. It's a reoccurring revenue model. So, uh, and also, um, there was a gap in service in Philadelphia, I felt. I knew I didn't know how to compete against the current companies, but I, I knew that I wanted to learn. So I think um, seeing that and, and realizing that this is, might be a nice model to, to build a business around, you know, that's what took me out west to learn the model. So most companies face all sorts of challenges. What were some of the challenges that you faced when starting DocuVault? 
Sure. I mean, any startup is challenging. We started with a friends and family loan. And as you get into this business, you realize uh, it's very capital intensive. So various friends and family later, um, you know, it got rolling. And then you also have to get your first set of clients, right? So you have to really prove that you know what you're doing and that you're someone can trust you with their records. So that's a challenge. You know, you learn questions that you never would have thought of uh, before. But once you overcome those, um, then you get some momentum. And I think you start to focus on a vertical or a niche. And if you do a good job and you provide good value, I believe that clients will come, come back and continue to come. Where are you today? What's the size of your operation? How many employees and some of those facts? We, um, we currently uh, have moved out of our rental facilities, which was about 160,000 square feet total. And we consolidated the inventory down to 115,000 square feet. But we built a custom building, which is very tall. So it's 50 feet high just for records, uh, specialty building. And it can hold 2 million cubic feet. That's the, the metric in our business. So that's kind of where we are in our footprint. We're about 50 employees and, you know, all owned by me and my wife and a family run company. Share with us that moment when you knew things were heading in the right direction, you know, when things clicked for you. You know, it, it could have been a couple of years after you started your venture or it could have been a couple of years before. But there was that moment of, yeah, this feels right. Sure. I think it was um, probably late 2000 and maybe uh, five or six or so about three years in. And we had filled the first warehouse and then we had rented the next one, which was the 25,000 square foot you mentioned. And, you know, when you get your um, sales moving and your pipeline going, you, uh, sometimes you close stuff too quickly. I closed uh, probably four or five accounts all at once, and I did the numbers. Now, maybe I, I was thinking too small, but um, we filled that second warehouse before we got there. I was excited, and then you said to yourself, uh-oh, this is a problem. Yeah, now we have to fulfill <laughs> on this, right? <laughs> well, right. I, got, I guess I need to, you know, maybe I need a bigger warehouse or... or um, so that's a challenge. And, and and then you think to yourself, well, you know, I guess we're getting pretty good at marketing and broadcasting the company. And, you know, that was a that was a time when we um, were confident that we were doing the right thing. I do want to ask you a little bit about um, your experiences as an entrepreneur. And um, what do you think about? Because you referenced uh, earlier in our conversation that when you were going to Penn and uh, focused on entrepreneurship, it was kind of new, you know, um, depending on where you measure this in the history of entrepreneurship, right? Um, but now there's entrepreneur initiatives all over the place. Uh, a lot of schools have a dedicated program. Uh, you were kind of early on in that initiative. Um, what do you tell a young entrepreneur today who's thinking about starting their own business? Well, I always am curious as to why. You look for that passion and if they want to do it on their own. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, not necessarily, uh, I don't know that you're going to get rich uh, immediately when you're an entrepreneur or you'll get the fame that you had always wanted to receive. But, but if you have passion and you believe in something and it can be, you know, it can be unique uh, to the market, then, then I think they're onto something. So I'm usually looking for those things inside that person. And then also you have to uh, consider your personality to the venture. You know, so if you're a an operator type of person and you want to build a sales and marketing driven company, you know, that's a concern. So you want to make sure that matches your skill set. You can listen to our full interview, including what Keith D. Marino attributes to his continued success right now online at 1210WPHT.com slash select. So DocuVault is clearly more than it appears to be. 
Coming up next, a program in our community that's engaging an often overlooked group of very successful and talented employees. Stay tuned for more of Growing Greater Philadelphia. Distribution costs, workforce talent, ability to recruit, cost of living, quality of life. Greater Philadelphia has an advantage when considering key business factors. Find out why Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, the perfect place to establish and grow a business. Visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to the growing Greater Philadelphia podcast on radio.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Drexel University. Drexel University was founded in 1891 and is one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu or call 215-895-2000. A building is much more than the foundation, the roof, and the walls. A building represents reliability. I'm Amy Novak with Torcon Inc., and we're proud members of the General Building Contractors Association. We build places of hope and opportunity, hospitals for children, and universities for future leaders. GBCA represents the strongest, safest, and most reliable commercial contractors in the Philadelphia region. Torcon is the GBCA. We are the new standard of building excellence. Visit GBCA.com to learn more. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Comcast, NBC Universal, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Comcast is deeply committed to the Philadelphia community and is proud to be headquartered here since it was founded as a startup 55 years ago. Learn more about Comcast at ComcastCorporation.com. This is a citizen's perspective on planning for retirement, also known as the five stages of grief. Presented by me, Tony Goes, Premier Relationship Manager at Citizens Bank. When it comes to helping my clients, like Dave here, plan for retirement, I get this a lot. First comes denial. Not worried. Definitely not worried. I've got plenty of time and money. Then anger. What was I thinking? Why didn't I start saving more years ago? Then fear. What am I going to do now? This is bad, right? Right? Then comes bargaining. Okay, how about this? Here's an idea. What if I start saving more next year? Then finally, acceptance. Maybe we should get started. I can help take the grief out of planning for retirement. Ask me, Tony Goes, how a citizen's retirement checkup can help you reach your potential. Citizens Bank is a brand name of Citizens Bank NA and Citizens Bank of Pennsylvania, member FDIC. Citizens Bank Wealth Management is comprised of both bank and brokerage affiliated companies. Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the people and projects that are transforming our collective community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. So you know, Dan, EY, also known as Ernst & Young, it's a big business management consulting firm among the most successful in the world. And there's a unique side to EY that's tapped into an unexpected set of dynamic employees, contributors who are driving value in ways not previously considered. And it's all about recognizing the power of people, those who come from all walks of life. And, you know, the team member here in Philadelphia that's leading the charge to recognize that power of people, it's Chris Bruner, managing partner. He has come to love the city and the region that he now calls home. I've been here now, Matt, for about 13 years, or actually right at 13 years, and uh, was in our D.C. practice prior, Northern Virginia practice prior to to moving up here. I had another opportunity to either come here or to go to Denver, 
and I did not know a whole lot about Philadelphia at the time and came up, spent time with a number of the partners that were in the office at that time, uh, looked at the Denver opportunity as well, and at the end of the day decided this was the right spot. And, and there were a couple of reasons for that. One, uh, just the business environment was so much more robust here in Philadelphia than it was in Denver. Um, I had a lot of background in the various sectors here versus I, did, I never did any mining, had very little real estate experience. Um, but a lot of folks that I would talk to when they heard that I had this dilemma, this choice between Denver and Philly, said, are you nuts? How, how could you pick Philadelphia over being out you know, with 300 plus days of sunshine a year and skiing and all that? And I tell people all the time, I've never had one day of buyer's remorse of, of moving here. I will tell you, too, one of the reasons I love your perspective is because um, you do have the benefit of looking through a lens that those who are native to greater Philadelphia may not appreciate. You see things uh, that those of us who grew up here and have not traveled as frequently potentially see um, and can really accentuate, well, you know, when we compare ourselves to this part of the world type of philosophy. And if you could talk a little bit about that, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, from my perspective, you always hear all the, the common things, you know, it's close to New York, close to Washington, all that. But to me, the difference between greater Washington and greater Philly is it's a much more grounded area here. You know, it's not nearly as transient as the DC area, which I think was really helpful for us. Our, our kids were young when we moved here. They were fifth grade and second grade, and this is home to them now. Matter of fact, one of them went to school away uh, up in, in Boston, and she's ready to move back to Philadelphia. She's worked up there for two years after school, and now she's moving back here this fall. So I, I think there's this, it's tangible, it's this, uh, this drawing of folks to the, the Philadelphia area, and, and I, I think to me it's a very grounded area. Um, you know, all the stuff you hear again all the time is, is nice, it's nice to have. But at the end of the day, that you, you really feel when you live here as if you're from here, uh, whether you've lived here for five years, 15 years, or your whole life. One of the things uh, that you have the privilege of doing in your leadership role here in Greater Philadelphia with the EY team is to encourage new partners, new recruits, uh, recently graduated college uh, folks to, to join EY in Philadelphia. How hard is that? Well, you know, there's there's only four big four firms. So we have a, what I would say, a competitive advantage from that perspective in terms of attracting kids off campus. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think all the firms probably get their fair share of college graduates. What I really see a big difference in is experienced hires and attracting them to Philadelphia if they have other opportunities. From my perspective, it's become easier and easier every year since I've been here. Um, you know, the city, you know, the livability of Philadelphia, of Center City specifically, 65% of our employee base are millennials and across the firms. It's a big number. And a lot of them live here in the city. And if, if the city wasn't as alive as it is, as active as it is, I think we'd have a lot harder time attracting, you know, 30-year-olds, let's call it. In, into our practice here. But it's something that I've seen evolve significantly since I moved here. I mean, Center City has changed drastically in, in just 13 years. Absolutely. And there's this energy that you can feel that trajectory. Yeah. Uh, in that same spirit, whether it's family, friends, uh, colleagues from around the world or around the country, uh, when you're gathered with them at a social event or at a, um, a work-related event and folks find out you're from greater Philadelphia, what's their reaction? And what, did, what do you tell them about why this is such a great community? Well, right now, given the, uh, the sports 
teams as well as they're doing, that's usually a topic of discussion. Um, you know, I, I tell them all the time that this is an area that, from my perspective, to raise our kids was probably not a better place um, in terms of the accessibility to schools, both public and private, both really good schools, uh, but school systems. Um, I step back and I look at what has changed over the last several years around the, the ability for people from a business perspective to connect here has been really good. And I think you, know, you look at stuff that you're doing with Select, you look at other, you know, whether it's the Greater Philly Chamber, the Mainline Chamber, there's this sense of business community to really help others. And, and I, don't, I did not see that in Washington uh, because it was just, it was during the dot-com bubble and all that, and it was just, it was, it was mayhem because everybody was running a million directions. Here, there really is a sense of purpose about helping businesses connect with each other. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things that I look at that is remarkable to me, and I think it's a really great indicator, we, the, the four managing partners of the four large accounting firms here, we're all friends. We communicate, we get together periodically, we play golf together. It's something that I think is very unique within our industry because that does not happen in every city. Um, and I think that's in some form and fashion really shows you what Philadelphia is all about, that we want to, sure we compete and sure we're competitive against each other, but we also want to be helpful when we can and at the end of the day be friends with each other. And that, that's a very different feel and I think part of that is just because of what Philadelphia is. What is the neurodiversity program at EY? We were asked about two years ago who would pilot a program around neurodiversity. And, and what that means in this context are attracting and retaining folks that are very high performers on the autism spectrum. And we did a ton of research. We had a group within our national practice that looked at this. And I think this is still probably true today. Folks that are on the spectrum are literally the highest rate of underemployed folks in the U.S. So we set up a program where we identified certain tasks within the firm that are very technical but very repeatable tasks. Um, they don't need a ton of interaction with clients. Uh, it's not really a client-facing role. It's more of a back office, technical, repeatable role. And we put this together and came back with a number of things that these individuals could do. And we went out to the market and started recruiting folks that fit this particular, these characteristics we were looking for. And we had somewhere around 200 folks that interviewed, and we hired four. And this was two years ago. All four of them are still with us. They are a part of our office now. And they will tell you that this was an opportunity that they thought they'd never have. It's really been, you know, one of our key tagline is building a better working world. I had so many people within our office came to me after we hired these folks and got, you know, got them deployed and, and they could really see them making a contribution. They said, now the firm really has put their money where their mouth is because we are helping to build a better working world. And it's been a terrific program. But it's something that now we're, we've piloted, I believe, in Los Angeles and Dallas as well. And I think it's something that's really going to stick with the firm. It's been one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm an auditor. Sometimes that's fun. Sometimes that's not so fun. And this has been something that's really been fun and it's been rewarding from a, from a firm perspective. So we were fortunate enough to get a firsthand account from one of the beneficiaries of this program. His name 
is Andrew, and he shares more with us about the EY Neurodiversity Program, how it impacts his life and his career, and frankly, how it brought him to our greater Philadelphia community. I grew up in uh, South Florida in Hollywood. Yeah. And what brought you to Greater Philadelphia? Ernst & Young, the uh, Center of Excellence program uh, brought me up here. I heard about it when I was living in Atlanta, and I thought, you know, this sounds like a great opportunity. I think I'm going to take it. I'll take a little bit of a risk and move somewhere where I don't really know anyone, and it's been one of the greatest risks I've taken. <laughs> Excellent. Good for you for taking that risk. Tell us a little bit about the type of work you're doing with the EY team. Well, an account support associate, we, uh, you know, your work can vary depending on uh, what your strong points are. So for me, what I've been doing is I've done work on Visio. I've done budgets versus actuals for clients. I've done in Visio. I've done process maps for clients. I uh, currently I'm working on a on a document for a client where I have to go in and edit a 70 page word document and like replace like with a certain word, you know, with like you know a different words. So, like if I saw the word uh, distribute, I might have to replace that with. A number even in some cases I might be number two or a name I might have to replace it with number two and I've also uh, edited statements of work uh, engagement agreements for clients make sure everything was up to date did you ever imagine that you'd have the opportunity to work with a great team at a company like EY in middle and high school because I just wasn't sure yet what I wanted to do I, I thought it would be great but uh, I'm not sure if this is where I'll end up in college you know uh, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do but I eventually began to lean towards uh something like this uh i i mean it was like a dream but you know and a goal but I, I didn't know if it would ever happen take us back to that day where you first became aware of the neurodiversity program at ey and what went through your mind when you saw this opportunity oh i remember it i remember that day so well uh, i was in, i was living in atlanta i was i had actually just been let go from a seasonal job that i'd had and i was uh walking into the gym and my dad called me he goes andrew you know there's this great program uh, called Specialist Sterner. They're partnering with Ernst & Young. They're partnering with uh, Willis Towers Watson, which is another company right down the street. It's in Philadelphia. We know, I think, you know, you could probably definitely, uh, there are a bunch of jobs that they're hiring for that are probably right up your alley. You know, you might want to fly to Philadelphia. They're having a hangout session. Uh, it's next week. You know, I, we really want, you know, we really think you might be successful in this, so... And were you like, yikes? Or you I was like, like I was like, I was in. like impressed and apprehensive at this. I was like excited but apprehensive at the same time, um, because you know I felt like because uh, I really knew uh, that you know I wasn't like you know a, pinned down to a living in Atlanta at the time because I didn't have like a family. You know, I wasn't married, didn't have kids. Uh, I didn't have a full time job at the time that I'd have to leave. You know, and so I was like, you know what, I'm all for it. Uh, I was a little nervous at first, but. So you climb on a plane, you, you touch down here in Philadelphia, and of all the different things in greater Philadelphia, what's the one or two things that really stand out that you just love about this community? I would say it's all the great people I've met. I feel like I've made more friends here than anywhere else I've lived. Everyone just, at least to me, seems really nice. I also love the cheesesteaks. <laughs> They're hard to find in Atlanta or Florida. <laughs> And a reminder, all of today's stories and any story you hear on Growing Greater Philadelphia, you can find on our podcast, 1210wphd.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia. We're a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. And we're the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. We work to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our neighborhood. Thanks to our investors and partners who believe in our efforts. Special thanks to program producers Elena Carmazan and Mari Salawares and writer Samara Grizel. 
and our researcher, Steve Boucher. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune into our podcast at 1210wpht.com slash select. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Green and Spiegel, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Green and Spiegel is a full-service immigration law firm that specializes in helping businesses grow in the Philadelphia region and nationally through global corporate migration. Learn more about Green and Spiegel at gns-us.com. Liberty Property Trust is a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council, redefining Greater Philadelphia's landscape for 40 years. Liberty Property Trust is a national leader in high-performance, sustainable, industrial, and office properties. To learn more about how Liberty can help your business accomplish more, visit libertyproperty.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Wells Fargo, a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Wells Fargo is a diversified, community-based financial services company with a strong vision of satisfying the financial needs of their customers and helping them succeed financially. Wells Fargo provides banking, mortgage, investments, consumer, and commercial financial services. Learn more at wellsfargo.com or call 1-800-869-3557. Copyright 2018, Wells Fargo Bank N.A., all rights reserved, member More than 25 Fortune 500 companies call Greater Philadelphia home. For more information about businesses growing in northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania, visit selectgreaterphl.com.